Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Standing up for the little guy for the greater good. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. So I want you to think about uh, Beauties and the Beast. I want you to think about, uh, just keep the music on for a sec, can you? Please? No? Okay. Um, <laughs> is it? Anyway, it doesn't matter. It was something I was going to try, and we'll do it next time. Um, one of the things that we like to do with Catherine Swift, workingcanadians.ca, Linda Leatherdale, at Linda Leatherdale, and Michelle Simpson, at Michelle Simpson. They're the Beauties and the Beast. It's our regular Saturday segment. One of the things we like to do is sort of take a goulash of issues and then we put a big strainer on top of the dish and we strain out the political correctness. <laughs> and then we start to munch. <laughs> and the other BS. And then we yeah. munch. How are the beauties? Good. How is great? The beast. Beautiful day. Doing okay. LA. It's, it's really, really, really hot here in southern Ontario. I heard you don't have air conditioning. There's a lovely breeze coming across the lake right now. Oh, it it is. We're getting the same breeze. No, stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There are a lot of things that we want to get at with you, and you've chosen some subjects as well. But I just noted a tweet from you, Catherine. It had to do with my interview with uh, Dr. Jane Philpott, the Federal Minister of Health who asked for the interview because they were going to set me straight and it didn't work out all that well for the minister. And so... She she doesn't know you very well. Apparently not. (laughs) And it didn't uh, didn't make her Twitter account. I'm just going to play a couple of short snippets from from that interview so, so you can hear that. Here's the first question that I asked her. Dr. Philpott, why is all the talk from governments about painkillers instead of pain? You do know that people who take painkillers, people who take opioids, do it just to make life tolerable. Well, I think that's a fantastic point, and uh, I think you're absolutely right that uh, uh, it's a fair point that the conversation needs to be around the pain and recognizing that when people do take uh, substances that uh, are used for controlling pain, it's because they have pain, sometimes uh, physical, sometimes psychological, but... Uh, the pain is uh, certainly should be a central theme to this conversation. So there's the first one, and here's the second one. It's only about 30 seconds. So then why is all the talk about the painkillers instead of the pain? Well, I, you know, I think it depends who you talk to. I, I, I think this is a, an issue that has a whole range of perspectives on it and, and views, and I certainly uh, try to encourage people to 
uh, not oversimplify it and not uh, not see that uh, there's any one single story to uh, the issue of the fact that uh, we have uh, an overdose uh, epidemic in this country. But uh, you're absolutely right that part of the conversation has to be around the fact that uh, people uh, have pain and that they, if, if they do, that they deserve to get care for that pain. Right about then is that I really started to get irritated. And, uh, the, and the producer who worked with, with me on it said he told someone at the radio station, uh, I've worked with Roy a lot of times. I've never seen him get that, roll his eyes the way he did for, for, yeah. that, for that interview. And it, and it just went downhill from there because the ministry had really nothing to contribute. And totally uh, there was nothing there. There was yeah, nothing no, there. Totally and it's the people who are suffering, the people who are struggling, the people who are in, in, in insane pain who are making suicide plans. Call her earlier today. Some we'll talk to tomorrow. Uh, they're the ones who are being left ha- to hang out to dry by the theorists and the politicians. Yep. Well, this this particular liberal government, and not all liberal governments, to be fair, but they really do believe that they have the answer, and they're going to impose it in their, you know, munificence, in their, you know, wondrousness on everyone else. And and this and that that interview that you, you know what you just played, Roy, just reinforces that for me in spades. Yep. Yep. They're, they're the experts. They know everything. And you, you hurt? Oh, no, no, I've got the answer for you. No, 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 I'm going to, you know. Well, about, right about one and a half questions you. later, she's, the minister said something about uh, having told me something. I said, frankly, minister, you hands, haven't answered any of my questions no. yet. Yeah. And that's where things, well, it, it is what it is. Tomorrow we're going to be joined by Dr. Lynn Mitchell, who is, and I have it somewhere, God knows, I have so much paper here. He's the head of the, uh, the the president or past president of the Association of Pain Physicians in the United States. And he heard about the interview, listened to it, saw my blog piece on the Global News uh, webpage, contacted me and wants to be on the show because he stands with the patient. So he's Wonderful. going to start start with us tomorrow. Good. Yeah. And, and you've probably heard of uh, Dawn Ray Daunton, the writer. She writes uh, columns for the Global Mail and does, does other... Uh, work uh, as a columnist. Speaking with her the other night, she wrote a column in the Globe and Mail a couple of days ago after the interview with uh, with the minister. And she told me she has in place, I don't want to give away everything, but you'll read it if you read her column. Uh, she has a suicide plan in place. And I mean, this is something she lives with, her husband lives with, but it's not necessary because if she's permitted to take the opioid medication she's been taking for 12 years and hasn't deviated from, She's going to be living reasonably well. And that's the point I made with the minister. I said, what do you think these patients are addicted to? They're not addicted to opioids. They're addicted to living without pain. Exactly. Yeah. It's so. the tail wagging the dog, you know. Yes, it is. You're right. You're right. Problems. You're exactly right. But you don't, you don't, you know, rule out everybody's access yeah. to something that's helping 99% of the people that are taking it. Yeah. I just want to ask Linda a quick question because you went through so much, so much with, with your daughter, Skye. Uh, when she was nine and then later on, she was, what, 20, 21? Yeah, 22 yeah. when she had to have the bone marrow transplant. Yeah. Did you find that the health care system was arbitrary? And I know you have a lot of respect for the doctors and the nurses and everyone who was there for Sky, yeah. and, and I'm, I'm sure rightly so. But did you find at times that it could be arbitrary and wouldn't listen to the patient, wouldn't listen, really wasn't interested, or was that not the case? Do you know what, Roy? I, I, like it's a tough time, 
tough thing to go through, as you well know. Yes. But I have to say that when we were at Princess Margaret and when we were at Sick Kids, there may be some that are arbitrary, but overall, I thought she got tremendous care. That's great. I think the thing that concerned me, though, was later, after she had her bone marrow transplant, we had a big fiasco here in Ontario, and patients who needed a bone marrow transplant were being referred to the United States. That bothered me. Yeah, as it should. I would think, though, that there's not enough checks and balances in the system. There are terrific people in the healthcare. I've had cancer, as you know. I went through that particular nightmare as well. And there were great people, but there were also people that, frankly... (laughs) You know, I would have liked to have met in a dark alley. Um, and th- there aren't enough checks and balances to exactly. weed out the people that, frankly, because they're, they're often in life and death decision situations. Yeah. yeah. And, and they, a lot, and, and you know, I mean, again, most are good. Most are good, to be fair, but some shouldn't be there at all. And we don't really have much in the, and even including doctors, for that matter, because doctors also overprescribe stuff. Some, some do. But there aren't enough means of sort of overseeing this and getting the people that aren't in the appropriate situations, getting them out of there. Yeah, they try for the one-size-fits-all formula. Well, yeah. it doesn't. Yeah, and mental health is a huge issue in Canada right now. I just want to say that. So yeah, it is. We have to be concerned for our veterans, for our children, for everybody. And we have to have an open mind, not that we're going to take the drugs away. Come on, guys. You know? What and they're what they're I think what they're what they're trying to do is save money. What they're trying to do is save money, and so they try that all one size fits all formula. And if you don't happen to agree with them or you don't happen to fit into their formula, they're going to shovel you into that formula anyway. And in this case, yeah. if they're worried about about opioid overdose deaths, and and they're taking issues and numbers that relate to. Uh, generic addicts who buy their drugs from, on the street corner mm-hmm. and they're using it and they're pointing those numbers toward chronic pain patients if they don't if they don't realize that if they don't start listening to the chronic pain patients and give them what they need yeah. they're going to be dealing with a chronic pain patient suicide uh, epidemic exactly. you know what they've made opioid a dirty ugly yeah, word and i know patients will get in touch with me and they'll say i'd go on the air with you because I have something to tell you, and I'll tell you privately, Roy, but I can't go on the air with you because there's a stigma, or yeah. I won't. I don't want to use my real name, which I understand completely. Well, not only that, Roy. It's funny. I was just about to mention the fact that when I again when I went through the cancer thing, and I, I'm lucky in the fact that a I'm still alive, but also that you know I I did it at a point in my life that I was still reasonably sane. You know, I, I feel for the people that are. Aren't, aren't able really to make good decisions anymore and, and so on. Yeah. They to depend on this. And so many of these people, and I, I, I bumped into so many of them when I was having that chemo experience and everything, that they were afraid to question anything because these people determined life and death for them. And isn't yeah. that awful? That is awful. You feel so vulnerable at that a time awful. in your life when you're mega vulnerable that you don't even want to say, oh, I don't know. I mean, my own experience... <laughs> I, I questioned a lot. Of course, I'm an ornery, uh, an ornery cuss, as you guys know. But you know, I questioned I know a lot that. of stuff. And you know what? In retrospect, I was right a lot mm-hmm. of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, you know, do I need that port in my chest for chemo? I said no. I don't think I do. And that was the right thing. Anyway, the, I, I digress. But I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell. I'm going to share some. Dependent on folks that 
sometimes really don't act in their best interest. I'm going to share something with you that I haven't, I don't believe I've said it anywhere. Okay. I wasn't going to, I was going to wait for, I didn't know what I, what I was going to do about it, but I'm going to tell you. About two months before Eliana died, she she was in a hospital, and she was in a hospital in Quebec, and the people in Quebec were generally marvelous at the hospital. There were some real obstinate, as there are anywhere, but generally they were great, and we had great doctors and great nurses, but there were some, like one, uh, I, I went to, to see my wife one morning, uh, you know, uh, I was there early, and she didn't look, she didn't look Something was wrong that was out of the sort of the parameter of the cancer. And I said, honey, what's uh, what's the matter? And she said, I don't want you to go and turn over furniture and chase people down the hall. Yeah. Um, but, and she said, promise me you won't. So I made a conditional promise. And she said that a nurse had come in. She'd, she pressed the button. She needed help. Three o'clock in the morning, the nurse came in and uh, spoke to her in French. And my wife had reasonable, you know, pretty good knowledge of French, but and was a former um, primary care head nurse herself. And so she she couldn't quite connect with the nurse in French. So she asked her. My wife would have been always polite. She was always always tremendously polite. And she said, "Could we do this in English?" And the nurse said to her, Ici on parle français, turned around and walked out of the room. What? What? And I went to see the head doctor, and he just more or less shrugged. Yep. What? What can I do? Those are people that should not be in the caring industry because they don't care. Here we speak French. They don't care. And walked out the room. This is somebody who's clearly dying. Disgusting. Roy. Disgusting. Oh, I'm I'm totally disgusted. Because this is the toughest thing that you go through, Roy, and you've been in that road, and it yeah. is not an easy one. You need compassion around you. And as I say, I thank God, I think Sky may have a different view. There might have been a couple that weren't as nice, but overall they were great. Yeah, and this you was one this was one person. I don't want to say I don't want to suggest it was everybody. We need more private sector players in the system within a public within a public single payer system like they have in northern Europe and whatnot. Because if they if, if, if a lot of these people that don't behave well like those people, Roy, then somebody else will do it better and they will take the business away from them and yeah. they will face consequences. And right now there's no consequence. The money should follow the the money should follow the patient. Damn right. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yep. Let me take a quick break, which we have to do, and then we'll come back with more with Catherine Swift, Linda Leatherdale, and Michelle Simpson on the Chorus Radio Network. Big stories and even bigger guests. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Go to workingcanadians.ca and uh, find out about the organization. And that's where Catherine Swift is. Michelle Simpson, at Michelle Simpson on Twitter, former Liberal Member of Parliament and former seatmate to Justin Trudeau in Parliament. And uh, Linda Leatherdale, at Linda Leatherdale and former money editor of the Toronto Sun. So we've talked about a lot of things and we haven't gotten into the issues that we, that you, that you 
guys wanted it. <laughs> I'm thinking the same thing. So hard. Me too. I always send out a tweet talking about what we're, you know, what we talked about talking about. And I think some people read that and go, but you guys didn't talk about any of that. (laughs) So let's let's get at him really quickly. The UK election was yours, Catherine. Oh, well, I think, listen, I think we've got a really interesting phenomenon going on in a lot of places in the developed world, mostly the developed world, where the the sort of conventional parties, whatever, are getting rejected. The US election was a classic example of that. Um, Brexit was an example. And of course, this recent, boy, you know, uh, Theresa May must be saying, why why did I call that early election? Because she got trounced. And, and the fact that Jeremy Corbyn, that the absolutely insanely left Marxist, you know, uh, guy, actually picked up a lot of youth vote that that's an interesting phenomena that's kind of worrisome because i you know there's that old there's, there's that old saying that if you're under 30 and not a socialist you have no heart and if you're over 30 and you're not a capitalist you have no brain right and boy that the, if youth is really thinking that the corbin vision which is the kind of you know east germany venezuela etc uh view of the world if they're thinking that's good that that is a problem <laughs> well they like the idea they like the idea of building walls i guess yeah. well not only that but hey government will do everything wonderful for yeah, everybody exactly right? yeah. so government takes care of you or do anything yeah. by the way uh, corbin was considered by his own party to be a total loser oh, they, they tried to get rid of him yeah Michelle, you were going to get at the issue of uh, the Liberal Party and your former seatmate, the Prime Minister, through his various ministers, promising to rebuild the Canadian military and make us our global military power to rival that of the United... Well, maybe not. How, how many decades ha- have, has that promise been made? Many. And it's not just, to be fair, the Liberals. No, it's every government. It's the Conservatives. Yeah. And they did the same thing. They make these huge announcements, and everybody gets happy. And they never do anything. And this is such a long-range plan that it's been punted down beyond the next election. Everybody forgets the only thing we remembered was to buy four leaky used subs from the UK. That's and they're, they're still in dry dock in Halifax. I, I know, and they can't shoot <laughs> torpedoes. So that was a, the big... Is that a problem? Well, that's the... Yeah, because I'd like to shoot the torpedo at some... It, it's all about the announcement. Yeah, it boy. is. It is. Anyway. It well, is. You know what, though? Hold on, I Catherine, 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 hold, hold on a second. I want to play you something, okay? And we're almost out of time. I have to play this for you. I will say, I will say, I have, I have one daughter, and there is something very special about imagining a, a woman prime minister. Yeah. I, think so. I think it's long overdue. I just don't think we have to wait that long. <laughs> History is not his strong suit. <laughs> Campbell. <laughs> Honest to goodness, eh? All right, beauties. Thank you so much for today, as always. Always. Oh, thank you, Roy. We'll Enjoy talk again. Your weekend, everyone. Yes, you too. Off to the lake with you, Catherine. I'm in the lake, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, toodaloo. Toodaloo. Catherine Swift, Linda Leatherdale, Michelle Simpson. They're the beauties. I'm the rest of it. We'll come right back.